Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Roland Garros is paved in Spanish clay this week as we are less than a month away from reaching the Terre Battue of Paris. By knocking out the local favorite, world number one Ash Barty stormed into Saturday's final as she continues to make a beeline for France. Plus, Rafael Nadal leads a pack of eight men into quarterfinal Friday in Madrid. Which top seeds had a rude awakening? So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. (laughs) Thinking about missing the show? That's stupid. That's stupid. That's stupid. Exactly. TC Live is right now. Uh, Another day of tennis tricks wrapping up at La Caja Magica, the magic box in Madrid. Welcome to TC Live. Our half-hour post-game show to get you caught up on all the big news around the tennis world. Plenty of highlights, interviews on the way. Plus, will it smell like teen spirit in Paris this year? And another edition of Real or Not Real starring Andy Roddick. As we bring you into our studios here in Santa Monica, Steve Weissman, Lindsay Davenport. There is Andy Roddick. Andy, you like that Daniil Medvedev there in the open, yeah? (laughs) I can listen to him complain about stuff all day. I love it. It's like, it's so relatable. Like, I, we all thought that stuff. Lindsay didn't actually say any of those things out loud. She was too much of a professional. But the rest of us, oh, my goodness. I can completely relate to everything he says. I love it. I love it. Uh, we got the final set in Madrid, and it's a rematch from Stuttgart. Yeah, these two ladies, Barty and Sabalenka, they so far have been playing the best clay court tennis. And it's great to see that they were on opposite sides of the draw in Madrid so they can replay that Stuttgart final that Barty won in three sets. But Sabalenka, she likes these conditions right now in Madrid. She's really looked good throughout this entire tournament. Cannot wait for it. Saturday right here on Tennis Channel. Let's get to the highlights. Ash Barty has been dominating, but her only loss since February came on the green clay of Charleston to the Spaniard Paula Bedosa. Bedosa with three career top 20 wins. They have all come this year. That one against Ash Barty. So the Aussie would be looking for her revenge today, has won 15 straight on the red dirt, Lindsay. It was a much different story for Barty today, who was a little bit more fresh than she was for that match in Charleston, where she only had a couple of days to go from the hard courts of Miami to the clay in Charleston. And she just had too much game for Baudosa today. Baudosa, it's been such a huge week for her in Spain. This is really her dream tournament. She's played so well. She was a little flat emotionally, and that's hard to then combat Barty and her weapons, her variety, but more importantly, Steve, her confidence. She has played some phenomenal tennis since she's left Australia, and it was more of the same today. She had a nice combination of using her forehand, also using her slice, mixing in some drop shots, and again, her serve. She has such an effective serve for her height. It's been remarkable to watch her play so well. Sealed the win with her six ace of the day. 30 winners for Ash Barty gets her revenge and catches up with Prakash. This was a, a very big turnaround scoreline-wise from the last time you played. Was it a different strategy you went in with or just better execution? 
A bit of both. A bit of both. I think you, you have to learn from every match that you play, regardless whether it's a win or a loss. And I, I learned a lot from that match that we played in Charleston um, just a couple of weeks ago. But I think as well, the surface change is, is um, you know, it's minor, but there's, there's still an element of change. So I think coming into this match, it was a bit of a clean slate uh, and then trying a few different things to try and bring the match back on my terms. Now, she certainly got it back on her terms into her fourth final of the year. This is a look at that 16-match win streak on the red clay. Dates back to her first major title at Roland Garros, then the title in Stuttgart, and looking for her first, fourth title this year in Madrid. Uh, Andy, Naomi Osaka has won two of the last three majors. With what Ash Barty has done recently, she's the world number one. Has she proved that she is the best player in the women's game right now? She's made it a conversation. I was pretty adamant that she wasn't when we were covering recovering Miami. And she's, I said the other day, she's making me look like a big old dummy uh, right now. But I, I think it's probably surface-specific, right? I think on hard courts, it's hard to argue that Naomi Osaka isn't dominant on, on, on the hard, uh, especially in the bigger tournaments. But Ash Barty is making her, uh, her claim to the clay. I mean, obviously, two years ago with winning the French Open, missing last year, coming back, kind of establishing it. She's so matched up right now. She knows going into big moments, listen, I may not win the point, but I'm most likely going to play a very, very, very quality point. And my favorite thing about her is she's kind of like, oh, by the way, I like grass more. She mentioned that in an interview today. So, you know, uh, I think for this run through the clay and the grass, you know, she's going to try to stake her claim for the year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see also we've got two majors coming up at the French and Wimbledon, and you feel like you're the number one player, you've got to be winning majors. And Osaka has the U.S. Open under her belt. She has the Australian Open under her belt. I, I just feel like Barty needs to win a major this year, and that might be unfair pressure. She's going to play more than Naomi Osaka, who's already shown us that she's going to play when she wants to play, when she's fresh, and that's exactly what her team around her is going to support. So I think let's let's wait and see. She's obviously playing phenomenal tennis right now. She's a better clay court player than Osaka. i just like to see where the Grand Slam tally total is in a few months. Right. We'll revisit the conversation after Wimbledon. And to Andy's point, Barty did say, I promise you, I am still counting the days to grass. <laughs> Well, as we know, Rafa is the best on clay, and he was back in action today. Taking on Alexi Popperin. Nadal looking to reach his 15th quarterfinal in Madrid. Popperin playing the round of 16 at a Masters event for the first time, Andy. Yeah, and he turns on a forehand, man. He can create some power from, from the middle of the court. The only problem with Rafa is you don't see the middle of the court very often. You're on a string moving like you are here. And when you hit a great pass... And then he comes up with that shot. It's pretty discouraging, especially early in the match. You win the first, what was it, seven points, and then all of a sudden you're down 3-1 in the blink of an eye. And Rafa doing what he does, he extends the court. You're playing beyond the sidelines all day long. He's been doing it for so long, and there's just really nothing you can do about it. You know what's going to happen, but then again, you're going side to side, not being able to create any offense uh, unless he slightly misses one. He'll beat you in numerous ways. When he's, shit, when he's, uh, when he's making shots like that, it, it's just... It's just really tough slugging the whole way. So Rafa, obviously, not an unexpected result, doing it in typical Rafa fashion. And it's just dominant performance. I think he looks better early here than he did uh, in both Monte Carlo and Barcelona. Oh, it's always a special no, play here, as I said, 100%, 100 times. No, uh, there is no one place in the world that I had the support that I had here. No? It's great to have some, some crowd back with us. Uh, we need more, <laughs> honestly, but at least we had some, and that's, uh, that means everything for us. 
So who would Rafa face next? 2018 champ Sasha Zverev or Dan Evans? Zverev has never failed to reach the final eight when playing this event, Lindsay. Yeah, and Dan Evans was throwing everything at Zverev that he could with his variety coming forward. But it's a good serving day for Zverev with seven aces, and he was using that serve, hitting a lot of variety here. Even mixed in the serve and volley on some huge points in this match. Evans, he's been so improved the last year or so, and especially these last couple of months, and especially on the clay. He made things very difficult for Zverev, but like the way Zverev in this match was mentally. We've seen him at other matches on the big points, maybe pull back. He didn't do that today and able to get through in straight sets. 5-2 Rafa head-to-head, but those two wins, the last two matches they've played for Sasha Zverev. Should be a good quarterfinal affair. Two-time Madrid finalist Dominic Team continuing to find his form. Andy today facing Alex Dimonor. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, team kind of have a, a bit of a walkabout uh, since since mid-March. Kind of backstated, you know, I've, I've struggled with motivation. I want to get back to that huge U.S. Open victory last year. We didn't really know what we were going to see. So these tight moments where it's in a first set, he needs these reps going into Roland Garros. We need to see him in those tough moments. And great execution here. I mean, hitting a drop volley from that far back against one of the fastest guys on tour is uh, no small task. Uh, played a good point here. That's a joke of a shot, sliding on your outside leg and hitting a one-handed backhand pass. Nobody when I was playing did anything like that. That's like playing video games or something, but a team able to kind of fight that one off and then kind of get him deep in the second set. Another great pass. Pretty convincing performance from team. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how he kind of continues to go through. Obviously, John Isner is the outlier of matchups. Sometimes it doesn't even matter how well you're playing at all, but uh, I thought team looked really good today. He said he felt way better than he expected. Still feels that lack of matches at points. But it's team and Isner and then Lindsay. What? Which other of these matchups are you excited for? All of them, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way Matteo Berrettini's been playing also. And he fought through a tough match against Del Bonas. He's got maybe a, a more wide open section of the draw down low than it is up top. And obviously Bublik and, and Kasper Ruud. That's a open section there. Yeah, Andy, how about the fact that the two guys leading the ATP Tour in victories, Andre Rublev and Stefano Tsitsipas, both losing today? It happens. You know, this is the world's best reality show. There's no script. So, uh, you know, it's a re- like Lindsay said, there's a real opportunity for someone like a Kasparud or a Berrettini who's coming off a win last week to put some serious points on the board. You know, this isn't any other trip. It's a Masters 1000. You know, that, 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 that spot in the finals is, is open game down in that bottom half. All right, quarterfinal action begins right here on Tennis Channel, 7 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. We'll head back to Madrid for a preview with Danny Prakash. Later in the show, plus, will Paris turn into a teenage wasteland on the Terbet 2? Predictions for Sviantec, Coco, Anasimova, and more. You're watching TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.
Coming soon, coming May 30th, Roland Garros. Taking a look at some key dates as we are back to spring in Paris. Stays light later. We've got night tennis for you. First year of the night session at Roland Garros. Live men's and women's semifinals. More than 330 hours of coverage. Live all 15 days from Paris in our 15th year of Roland Garros coverage here on Tennis Channel. So who is going to take the title this year? Two of the last five major winners on the women's side, Lindsay, have been teenagers. Hmm. Which teens can we look out for in Paris this year? Uh, It's so hard not to overlook last year's champion and Iga Sriantek, who didn't come out of nowhere, but certainly wasn't on the list of players you would put in that top echelon that was going to win a major in 2020. 19 years of age, ranked 17. She's one of those players who's ranking so hard to go up right now when points aren't falling off in the normal manner. But you have to love her game, how she was able to construct points, use her forehand with more spin, flatten out the backhand. But the most impressive thing about Sviantec, you never know how a young player is going to react in such a huge situation. And she was so rock solid last year in Paris. Hard to imagine she's not going to win more majors and and possibly maybe this year again in Paris. Sviantec will turn 20 right before Roland Garros this year. You got Coco Gauff ranked 35. Amanda Anasimova ranked 38, Andy. And that's the player who's made the semifinals at Roland Garros before. What are the chances we get another teenager winning on the women's side? Yeah, I, I think slim this time, especially with Sviatek technically like kind of falling out of that conversation. I kind of agree with everything Lindsay said. And she came back this year and has won consistently. You know, she goes deep in tournaments every week. I actually thought she played pretty well uh, against Ash Barty. But we are still waiting for that kind of breakthrough uh, in a major. We're talking semis, finals from golf, Anna Samova. We know uh, the talent they have. Obviously, Anna Samova comfortable at Roland Garros. Comfortable on the clay, maybe likes a little bit more time because she hits the ball uh, a lot bigger than most players on tour. So uh, it'll certainly be exciting to watch. Andy, let's switch it to the men's side because we have not had a teenager win a major since Rafa Nadal did it in 2005. It's been a long time. Which of these top-ranked ATP teens could make a deep run? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the obvious choice is, is center because he's done it in bigger events. I think he made, made the quarters of... Roland Garros last year, obviously the finals of Miami. He's taken out some of the bigger names. He feels a little bit more established uh, than, than the other players who are kind of on their way up. But it, it's all a little deceiving because of the, the ranking points fall off. And, the, you know, they come in August. And, you know, it's going to be some crazy ranking swings. But he has power off both sides. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, of, of Robin Soderling, where you don't really know where to go because every place seems like it's kind of in his pockets. And in a weird way, even heavier conditions might benefit him because he's able to create uh, so much pace off both sides. But Musetti obviously loves the clay. And uh, Alcaraz, uh, I don't know that he's physically ready yet. I think we saw a little bit the other day against Rafa. It looked like, uh, you know, kind of someone that was playing up a level um, a, a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit intimidated. There are probably some guys that, that can still overpower him. But uh, he's one for the future, maybe not this year. Uh, and he was talking about Sinner and his game and, and how good it is. also think he also has the maturity and the mindset of someone that doesn't seem like they're a teenager. And, and everyone who's worked with him, they talk about how hard he works and, and the effort that he puts in and how he's able to look back on matches and really try and learn lessons and, and move forward. He is the whole package. And I think that's another reason why, if you look at that, that group of the three players, it's Sinner with the best chance. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple guys, Djokovic, Del Potro, who won their first major at 20. But only seven men in the history of the game have won majors as teenagers. A lot more still to come here on Tennis Channel Live. How about John Isner? 
He said today he was not the better player on the court. Would he be the winning player? Find out next. Davenport, Roddick, Weissman back with you on TC Live. John Isner looking for his first top 10 win in a couple of years against Andre Rublev, who has made the quarterfinals in every event he has played this year, Andy. Yeah, I was just super surprised to see the first set go to a tiebreaker. No. <laughs> uh, so you see Rublev, actually, he's going, wait a minute, I'm going to break twice here. Can I just, like, only break once, try to serve it out and keep one of those for the third set? Unfortunately for Rublev, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you got 32 winners, 10 errors, and you're still stuck at 4-3 when Isner takes one crack at a forehand, kind of lays it all out there. Uh, mistake, I guess, not making a first serve, but we'll see it again. You know a ball is hit very hard when it's two feet to your right and you don't move. You're standing dead still, but credit to Isner. He knows these are the kind of shots he has to go for, and obviously you know what's coming. He's going to bring the heat. Uh, John is always pretty honest in assessing uh, his game, said maybe he wasn't the best player on the court today. But he also said earlier in the week, these might be the best serving conditions of the year for him, which is not fun if you're on the receiving side. Tenth match that John Isner has won without producing a single break point. Meantime, Alexander Bublik looking to make his second Masters 1000 quarterfinal. Aslan Karatsev looking for his first winter. Uh, it was a great day for Bublik, who really used his variety. And what a tournament it's been. Took out Shapovalov earlier in the tournament, but Karatsev, he's been so clutch this year, only one of eight on break point. So he had his chances, wasn't able to convert. And Bublik, he is tough to play against. You never know what to expect from him and his game. And he just frustrated Karatsev today. Saved seven of the eight break points that he faced and 74 minutes. Alexander Bublik had a great interview with our Prakash Amitraj after the match as well, told him he wishes every tournament was played at Newport, Rhode Island. The International <laughs> Tennis Hall of Fame. He actually plays very well there. Uh, the grass. And Madrid. <laughs> and, and Madrid. He should add Madrid to that list. Uh, Andy Stefano Sitsipas, the winner in Monte Carlo. But today, rude awakening against the Norwegian. Yeah, as you're watching this match, you see that volley. It's a volley he makes nine out of ten times. Sitsipas just seemed like he was a little off. There were a lot of unforced errors, but you got to give a little credit to Rude. Right there again, pulls the forehead wide on set point. But Rude makes you play every single point. He kind of has that Rafa Nadal mentality where he's in it. There's nothing showy or braggadocio about it, but he just stays there, and he's always there making you play every shot. And today, Tsitsipas seemed like he was a little bit off. He didn't have that flair. He wasn't producing the winners like he was uh, in Monte Carlo. But credit to Rude. I mean, look at him moving the ball around a little bit, wrong-footing Tsitsipas. There's nothing that stands out and makes you go, wow, but the guy is always there. And, uh, you know, I, I remember his dad training in South Florida a long time ago, and it makes me feel old to say, oh, like, his son's out there winning <laughs> matches now. But but credit to him. He, he seems like a complete professional. It seems like, you know, we see less and less maybe clay court specialists. People are adept at all surfaces. He seems like he's very, very at home on the clay. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is his third straight Masters 1000 quarterfinal on a clay court. Casper, that's what he does. But, Lindsay, you were telling me earlier, it may not be so bad for Tsitsipas. Uh, it's been an incredible run for Tsitsipas. Of course, you want to do well, but you also have Rome starting in a couple of days. Uh, you know, it, it's been just a whirlwind for him. Winning Monte Carlo, finals of Barcelona, coming straight here. Okay, so he loses. He's got a few days. I think the most important time for Tsitsipas is going to be those now two weeks off between the end of Rome, the beginning of Roland Garros, to kind of rest a little bit and really start the preparation for Paris then. 
All right, we shall see now as we enter the social net. And big news for Gen Z. Naomi Osaka joining some other Gen Z stars like Amanda Gorman, Billie Eilish. She is going to be a co-host for the Met Gala. Uh, have either of you all been to the Met Gala before? I'll leave that to Andy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have not. I, 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 know, I, I know my wife's been, but... Uh, you know, tennis's best friend, Anna Wintour, said, you know what, Naomi, you're next. And this is great for tennis because the, the names that we always reference, the the, the Rogers and the Serenas, and I, I think back to Andre Agassi, we need that crossover appeal. We need that kind of mainstream thing where you're kind of doing the dance between tennis and pop culture. And Osaka has certainly taken that mantle for tennis. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, if you look at all of her sponsors, even, I mean, she announced another one today with, was it Sweet Greens? Or, yeah. It's just remarkable. I mean, the amount of big companies that are putting their money behind Osaka. She is fantastic for our sport. She transcends tennis. It's amazing. She says if she sees Rihanna, she'll pass out. She'll probably see Rihanna there. It'll be pretty cool. Uh, Great honor for Naomi Osaka being able to be a host for the Met Gala. Meantime, uh, Andy, we're bringing back real or not real, the modern William Tell in tennis. Oh my god! Hitting an apple with a tennis ball. That, that, if that's real, that's also real dumb. Like yeah. I, I don't care how good someone is. That's stressful. I don't. That could have been. That could have been either a cool video or a breakup story. I don't know if they're brother, or sister, or whatever, boyfriend, girl. I don't know. But I don't. Oh. I, I've known a lot of the best tennis. I've known a lot of best, good tennis players. I wouldn't let anyone do that to me. No, thank you. No, it can't be right. What do you think, Steve? I, I think. I think it's real, but I, I. I don't think they showed the times that it didn't happen. So. But she's not even flinching. Like you. I, I don't know. But you don't oh, know when it's coming. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, but the counter to that, Steve, is like if it hits you in the back of the head, how many glass things do they have? Like every time it hits you in the back of the head, that thing's breaking anyways. Just have like a surplus. How much money do you spend on glassware to get a video? I I don't know. I think I think it was one of them. They're like Frank Sinatra, one time only. Oh man. All right. Uh, I mean, if, if they did, that, that's really impressive. <laughs> of course, our live coverage of the men's quarterfinals tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern, TC Live, and of course. Encores all day long. We got you covered right here on TC. Andy, Lindsay, Steve back on TC Live. The quarterfinals from Madrid, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on Tennis Channel. Team and Isner can Big John make the semifinals and keep himself in the top 30 of the world. Otherwise, no Americans in the top 30 for the first time since rankings came out. Let's send it back to Madrid for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings desk. Pete, John Isner has been playing phenomenal in this tournament. He plays Dominique Team. What do you make of that match? Well, he's going to have to do the same thing that he's done. And the good news is he's comfortable with it. He knows he's got to keep the points short and serve huge. And the good news is he feels very, very comfortable in that role. So I hope he can keep it up. Biggest thing, hope he gets good recovery the previous night. Serves huge. He is huge. It's going to be a great match, Steve. All right, thanks so much. And uh, our hot shot of the day is something that Andy talked about earlier. Dominic Team. nobody in your gen- generation right, could get this done. I mean, the open stance, one-hand pass, down set point. That might, I, like, I know we saw some fluky shots sometimes, some ones that are maybe a little bit lucky. This was completely in control, completely intentional, and he just lined it up and executed. That, that's one of the best shots I've seen this year so far because it was just so, he almost made it look routine, and that was an insanely tough shot. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I could watch this all day. Uh, Lindsay, could you do that? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, we were always, I was always taught to step across, not play it with your 
outside leg. It's a whole new world, as Andy said. People didn't hit those shots, luckily, when I played. Uh, that's what John Isner faces tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it was on this day, 20 years ago, speaking of the past, Andy, that you won your second oh, career that. singles title, men's clay courts in Houston. What do you remember about this day? I remember I ate at Waffle House about 36 times that week. I think I went the br breakfast, lunch, dinner special. I, I played a bunch of night matches that week, and they were open. It was one mile away. Uh, a little scattered, smothered, covered leads to a title, Steve. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, Andy, I got to ask you, what was your reaction when you found out that you were the mystery father of Jan's baby on The Office? I didn't know. I, I didn't know. And, you know, it, it's, it's exciting uh, for me, for my family. And I didn't know, but I'm going to try to be the best father I can. Apparently, we have a, uh, I have another daughter named Astrid. I'd like to introduce her to Hank and Stevie and really make a go of it. Let's, let's, let's try to, you know, I, I want to be a part of Astrid's life. But, okay, they never aired that on the show? No, it was an office of, uh, uh, episode of The Office, where, you know, famous TV show, that th this part was, was, was cut. I know. And they just released it yesterday. Yeah, and okay. they said Andy was ranked sixth in the world, had four Grand Slams. Well, that, I'll take which it, I, right? which, I, which I was thankful <laughs> for. Got up your I, sound, I, listen, Andy. Let's not let the Bears beat Battlestar Galactica <laughs> and Andy Roddick. Thanks for watching DC Live. <laughs>